to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com sluts and scholars is a podcast produced by sluts and scholars media llc it is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only the podcast any opinions we share and any resources including social media and emails from us are not therapy medical care or professional advice and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Slutty Scholars. This is my last week of Sluts and Scholars before I take my annual summer vacation. New episodes will be back in September, but in the meantime, you know I love to share shows from my podcast network. So we're switching things up again today and bringing you a preview of a podcast I love and have featured as a guest on my show before. It's a podcast from the Pleasure Podcast Network called Private Parts Unknown. Private Parts Unknown is a podcast about love, sexuality around the world, hosted by Courtney Kosak a writer, podcaster, and comedian who aims to be the Anthony Bourdain of sex. So far, she has been to Finland, Mexico, Japan, and Belize for travel series that are equal parts horny, hilarious, and informative. When she's back in LA, she also interviews expert guests for sex-positive conversations, destigmatizing everything from abortion to Ashley Madison, polyamory to PMDD, sex work to Shabari, and more. Some of the most popular recent episodes include squirting world record holds and past Sluts and Scholars guest Lola Jean, who shares tips on squirting, pegging, and exploring kink. Uh, also, there's an episode about the best sex party ever with mega bisexual influencer and past Sluts and Scholars guest Zachary Zane and Fisting 101 with Alexander Cheeves. And a special guest episode, Taking You Inside an Ayahuasca Ceremony. You should totally check these out, but today I'm going to share one of my favorite things I've heard on Private Parts Unknown. A little backstory to this clip you're about to hear, Courtney wrote an essay for Cosmopolitan called My Tokyo Happy Ending Massage Changed Everything I Knew About Sex and Pleasure, and it went viral because, obviously. So she did an audio version of that essay on the podcast, and it was pretty epic. So without further ado, here is a preview of Private Parts Unknown. And now for the moment we've all been waiting for. This is the story of My Tokyo Happy Ending Massage. So I recently wrote about this for Cosmo and then I was like, damn, I gotta make this an audio version for the privates. This is pretty sexy. This is pretty spicy. So today I want to share it with you. There was a full moon outside the hotel window. My best friend was downstairs in the lobby and a strange man was jerking me off with a vibrator. No, this wasn't a fantasy. This was my real life. We didn't go to Tokyo with the intention of being sex tourists, but that's what happened. 30 minutes earlier, I'd rushed up the elevator and through the hall to meet my erotic masseuse. 
As I approached our hotel room door, I was greeted by a gorgeous 20-something Japanese man with flawless skin holding a gift bag. We exchanged hellos in each other's language and then giggling went inside. Uh. <laughs> I was buzzing at an 11. Oh. A little drunk and electric with anticipation coursing through my body. My nervous energy bubbled over as I fumbled with the key card. So how did I get here on the verge of my first happy ending massage? Well, in February 2020, on the cusp of a certain global pandemic, before people had ever thought of calling a pandemic a pandemi or a panini, <laughs> my best friend and I went to Tokyo, Japan for our comedy sex travel podcast, Private Parts Unknown. You're listening to it, baby. And at the end of our last interview for this trip with Hiroko Amai, a very cool 30-something local reporter and producer, we innocently asked our standard final question, anything else? This just happens to be the best, most underrated interview question of all time, BTW. And what happened next is exhibit A for why. We expected her to answer with maybe like a sightseeing recommendation or some wacky anime dessert. But Hiroko said, the one thing I want you guys to try is a male prostitute. <clears throat> Just to clarify, by prostitute, she was referring to erotic masseuses that didn't engage in insertion, but instead perform services like licking, kissing, and fingering, in case you were looking for a more technical definition. See, she'd interviewed one of the top erotic masseuses for work, and she'd been tempted to experiment with the experience, but never did. I think she was excited about having us be the guinea pigs. We laughed initially, although you can hear on the tape that we were quickly intrigued by the suggestion. Earlier in the interview, Hiroko described the levels of sex and intimacy work in Japan, from faux boyfriend or faux girlfriend companionship available at host and hostess clubs, up to soaplands, which are the closest thing to American-style brothels. Hiroko explained that one level below soaplands is a service called delivery health, which is basically like Postmates for ladies who want to get off. She told us thousands of guys auditioned to work at one of the delivery health agencies, like American Idol for gigolos. Those accepted were specially trained with fingering techniques that titillate women without penetration. Yes, Tokyo is a truly magical place. What's funny is that when Hiroko first told us about the service, I pictured older women clientele in my mind. I didn't see myself as a potential customer. But when she suggested we try it, it felt like a dare in the best way possible. I'm in a monogamous, long-term relationship. Now he's my fiancé, but he was my live-in boyfriend at the time. So I needed permission. <laughs> I felt emboldened by my plausible excuse. I mean, I was in Tokyo to do research for my sex podcast, after all. I didn't want to pay for a long-distance call, plus I wanted to give him time to think about it, so I sent him a text. Hey, baby, somebody we interviewed recommended we get an erotic massage, no sex, obs, but I just wanted to ask if that's cool with you first. Let me know. Kissy face. 
Nervous and excited, butterflies danced in my stomach while I waited for a response, but I didn't have to wait long. Four minutes later, I saw those gray dots appear, and he replied, LOL, yeah, no prob, kissy face. Yes, my jaw dropped. What an awesome response. Strangely, it made me want to marry him. My boyfriend had always seemed like he would be a good husband, but this was a defining moment that seriously reinforced his life partner potential. My co-host and I went to a Denny's-like Japanese restaurant with Hiroko, where she ordered our masseuses for later that night. Mine had a crown next to his name on the website, indicating he was a top provider. And I couldn't wait to find out what that felt like in practice. As we dined, we discussed our pregame plans, which found us bar hopping around Shinjuku and eventually landing at an SNM club in Ginza called Blackheart, as one does, where we completely lost track of time thanks to some very attentive hostesses who never let our glasses run empty. I guess time flies when you're pre-gaming your erotic massage. <laughs> we got a cab and rushed back to our hotel. I scampered up the elevator and through the hall to meet my erotic masseuse. The anticipation was wild. Once we got to the bed in my hotel room, I just stood there in silence for a second. I'd never done this before. So I tried to ask how the whole thing worked. But beyond saying hi, we didn't have many words in common. Awkward giggles <laughs> ensued as I got out my phone and opened Google Translate to tap out. I've never done this before. You've shown me what to do. He took over from there, ushering me to the shower. Apparently, it's customary for both parties to shower beforehand and sometimes after, too, which I totally approve of. And while he took his turn, I found out that unassuming little gift bag had been loaded with an arsenal of sex toys that were now carefully placed on the bed alongside a bottle of massage oil and a bottle of lube. After his shower, it was finally time for the main event. He oiled me up as I lay face down on the bed, gave me a very short massage with oil, and then moved on to the erotic portion. I recognized some of the expert fingering, butterfly kissing, and sucking techniques that Hiroko had mentioned. Then he moved on to the vibrators, cycling through a few different options from his bag of tricks. My masseuse had a boner, which I took as a compliment. <laughs> but ever the professional, he kept the focus on me. Though I did feel like maybe I could have had a freebie if I wanted it. <laughs> But I didn't need it because it was thrilling just to have a stranger's hands on my body. I felt like I was living a fantasy. I didn't come during the actual massage. Ironically, I was too excited. But instead, I felt a sexy euphoria that started with my masseuse's first touch and lasted well after I landed back in Los Angeles and resumed my regular life. It was like edging for a full week, well worth the 11,000 yen, aka just over $100 at the time. Usually my best friend and I inevitably wind up fighting at the end of our travels together, but this trip was different. There was no room for negativity after a happy ending. The next day, we were literally skipping through Tokyo on the way to the airport. We were beside ourselves. 
barely able to believe our good fortune, exclaiming, how great was that? I have never felt like my pleasure was such a priority. Can you believe my partner let me do this? (laughs) We were ecstatic. So would I recommend a friend get a happy ending massage? Uh, A million times, yes. We were joking that we might start leading tours to Tokyo so more women could give it a try. It was an experience that changed me on multiple levels. To have my sexual satisfaction taken so seriously, literally like it was a job, felt very empowering as a woman. That's not how our culture is typically oriented. We take for granted that men are desirous and deserving of pleasure, but we don't tend to let women have that same sexual purchasing power. And oh my God, what a huge turn on. It was a different kind of release than I get from a typical romantic exchange. And it expanded my mind to aspects of open relationships that I hadn't considered before. I was blown away by how cool my boyfriend was about allowing me to have this experience inside our up-till-now monogamous relationship. And it helped me realize that dalliances like this can lend a little extra spice to a long-term relationship without actually going full poly. I was so horny on the plane ride home, (laughs) cramped in my economy seat on an international flight that I tried to watch porn on my phone covertly. It was a threesome scenario, a couple hiring a lady sex worker in Amsterdam. I straddled a ridge on my seat and rocked myself into it hard. A couple Chinese schoolboys across the aisle burst out laughing. They were onto me, clowning on me and pointing me out to their friends. Not even that could stop my grinding. I was so turned on. It was obvious that what happens in Tokyo doesn't necessarily stay in Tokyo. That extra erotic euphoria was a persistent stowaway. As soon as my boyfriend picked me up from the airport in LA, I mulled him with kisses. I couldn't stop touching him in the car. And when we got home, I could hardly wait to rip his clothes off and fuck. I mean, we're both busy, and we had gotten in a little bit of a rut of not prioritizing sex before the trip. But my happy ending reinvigorated us both. Suffice it to say, I was a satisfied customer. And I can't wait to go back to Tokyo. In the meantime, it's kind of a bummer that erotic massages for women are harder to find in America. Although perhaps it's just a matter of learning the lingo. Several months after we got back from our trip, we interviewed writer and sex work activist Selena the Stripper, who told us that you can find similar services in Los Angeles under the name Yoni Massage. Hmm. Maybe it's time I ask my boyfriend if I can do some more research. Hope you enjoyed that teaser of Private Parts Unknown, another slutty and scholarly podcast in the Pleasure Podcast Network. You can listen to more from Private Parts Unknown wherever you get your podcasts. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. 
All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.